Simple. Danny goes to the movies, writes a review. You hear him on the podcast, now you know what he would do. Grab your popcorn and your soda or your healthier snacks. Enjoy the film and just relax. You don't have to do this all alone. Join our community and we'll talk about it, yo. I scream, you scream for movies. And that's what we be doing. I scream, you scream for movies. And that's what we be doing. I scream, you scream for movies. And that's what we be doing. All right, everyone. Welcome to I Screen, You Screen for Movies for Monday, July 3rd. F it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. My name's Danny, and I have a welcoming, returning veteran guest and he appeared on my scream episode months ago which you can guys can listen to our to my scream six review he's returned everyone malik from a former podcaster from movies for real welcome back to the show man hey what's going on guys i'm glad to be here you know talking about movies i know i don't do my thing anymore but it's always you know a joy to be able to talk about you know things you love so but you are the love of movies, so I'm glad to see you okay and everything. I know you're not doing the podcast anymore at the moment, so overall, I'm glad you're still enjoying movies out there. And, you know, just, you know, take your time and, you know, still enjoy the movies. But I'm sorry to hear that your podcast has gone on me into the bit. But just want to let, let the listeners know in case. But, uh, yeah, uh, without further ado, uh, today's episode, we are talking one of the most iconic franchise movies of the centuries it's finally came out the fifth and final installment of indiana jones is here the dial of destiny so malik uh you wanted to appear on my show so i want to ask you what does indiana jones mean to you growing up well indiana jones for me is just Steven Spielberg is a really important part of my life because he's the reason why I love film, like, you know, with Jurassic Park. And then I remember my first Indiana Jones movie I did actually watch was T uh, Temple of Doom, surprisingly. But that was, like, my first one. And I just I just love that character and just everything. Like, I love history in general. So seeing a guy that loves history go after these artifacts was just a really cool thing. And just, I just, Harrison Ford's a man. <laughs> he's the GOAT. <laughs> and man, we're gonna talk about his uh his the magic he's got. But uh, other than that, before we get into that, let us give us our quick thoughts before we delve into topics. So, uh, you are the guest, so why don't you go ahead and give your very quick thoughts to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Malik? I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know what people are on when they say they don't. I, it's weird because I didn't feel any time that movie that I was bored. Maybe it's because I, just, I love this character a lot more than others. I don't know why, but I just really enjoyed seeing this is a different take on Indiana Jones, I feel like. Like him, you know, being kind of battered and kind of like not caring anymore, kind of just literally retiring. So this is a cool way to see him and kind of like him jump back into, you know, getting his hat and, you know, getting his whip back and just going back into action. It's a really cool thing. And it's like, like an 8 out of 10 for me was my score. I would give it. Me too. Sure. Yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10 as well. So <clears throat> my yeah. quick thoughts. Uh, I wanted to see if it's really better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which everyone hated that movie, I'm sure. So I was able to watch the previous Indiana Jones past couple days. Uh, I watched the fourth one today before I went to see Dial of Destiny as of Sunday, July 2nd, which you guys can even listen as of listening to this episode and that days pass as I upload the episode, I did see the fourth one. Obviously, I knew it's terrible. So, and the Dial of Destiny fulfilled it being better, but it's not magical as like the first original three. But my rankings, though, will just give you like annoyance because I mean, hey, I'm just gonna give you the idea once we go down to the rankings. But my quick thoughts to this movie I liked it, I liked it overall than the last previous Indiana Jones, but nowhere near as like the first three. And, you know, it, it has everything Indiana Jones has to offer. It's got the action. Yeah. It's got the humor. It's got the characters. It's got the music. That's yeah. how you make an iconic franchise. Just keep on going. So. 
All right, so as we're getting down to topics, let's go ahead and speak Harrison Ford. The man of the show, the man of the iconic actor, Harrison Ford, plays Indiana Jones once again. And to remind you all, this is his final film and the final film of the franchise. I can't say anything beyond Harrison Ford. He's still got it. No matter what age, this guy is unbelievably still got the talent. Even right into his 80s, he still has all that amazing magic. But at the same time, uh, when they're shooting this, he did got injured a little bit once. So they had to like delay the movie and then like just, you know, he had, well, he was on rest, I believe, to delay the movie. And then I don't know if it was delayed because of that. I can't tell. Yeah, I don't know, but the man still did it, though. It came back. Wow, that's oh, yeah. crazy. Totally, like, totally. Well it's just back. insane. I mean, hey, he still got it. So Harrison Ford did an amazing job. He's still the same character. He still played the iconic. It's like Tom Cruise would play Maverick again 36 years later, and I'm sure Harrison Ford does love his job as long as he lives, which I'm sure he also enjoys his part of there. I'm not sure. But I to compare to Tom Cruise, so. Tom Cruise enjoys his character a lot. But Harrison, I'm sure Harrison Ford also enjoyed playing. Well, his I've character. heard some, be- <laughs> some behind the scenes things. Like he's like he's an old man, so like behind the scenes they'll like be like I know for um Captain America, the new Captain America movie coming out, he's gonna be um in that. And uh Anthony Mackie said that you know they'll be like ready to shoot it, and he would just be like, "Yo, let's just shoot this shit. Like I'm ready to just shoot it and be done." Because <laughs> you know he's an old man. It's like it's, we yeah, I can for. see that. So <laughs> who knows if he's actually enjoying his job more than playing a MCU character? Because uh, I'm sure he loves. I think he loves the fa- he definitely loves the fan base. Like he loves playing these iconic characters and stuff. He if that wasn't the case, he wouldn't hop into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like he loves the fans and he's willing to do that for them. Just hope he didn't play any action scenes because he sounds he looks like a general than just playing a uh, action figure. Since you know he, I'm sure his last action movie he's completely done doing all the stunts is Indiana Jones Five. I don't know if he really did all the action in, in the new Captain America movie or not, but uh, nah, probably not. I hope I hope not because there's yeah. no way he would survive. Just saying, like. Man, the no, way he's went through these stunts in this one, it's just, wow. He managed to be okay and, like, all that. Man, it was just rough. It was rough the way how they completely stunt coordinate this movie and Harrison Ford doing it all. But this is, like, his last action movie he's going to withstand. Yeah. And that's it. No more. It could just be in those drama movies or some kind of, like, figure. Who knows what he's got. But he isn't going to retire is all we know. He's not done with, reti- he's not yeah, done with he's- acting is all we heard. So. We're going to get yeah. to see him more in these movies, but Indiana Jones is his final action appearance. They've all said and done. All right. Uh, who do you want to, since you're the guest, who do you want to speak on the cast? Who do you actually enjoy that we can actually discuss next? Uh, Phoebe. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I figured. I, I, I literally was not sure when I saw the trailers. I wasn't sure about it. I was like, oh, man, are they going to do that thing of, you know, the classic? But no, she was actually, it was legit like a, it's a female Indiana Jones, but it makes sense. It's not forced or anything like that. It makes sense why she's like that. And it was like cool, like reflection, both of those sides of the coin, you know, what Indiana Jones used to be. And then now he's like, you know, retired. So it's like, it was really cool to see that reflection between those two. She did a really good job in that movie. Like I wouldn't mind a spinoff movie of her, like following her. I wouldn't mind. I was just going to ask that question. Do you think they'll do a spinoff of Elena Show? Helena Shaw, because who knows? Uh, they sh- they should. <laughs> She's a really good character. It's, uh, it would be a shame that they wouldn't, because I really liked her. I think they. I mean, uh, I don't hate the character, but some people could dislike her. But I never have issues. But I don't like her ego. On top of that, I mean, her ego side, I don't like. But you know, she's a she actually performed great. Hey, but Indiana Jones is the same way though. He had an ego. <laughs> I mean, yeah, goes, yeah. I guess you proved your point. You proved your point. Oh, but um, I hope Indiana Jones out there would want a spinoff of Helena Shaw, maybe like a prequel to the series of the five before the five, like that. I'm sure because she is the what the god daughter of her. Of yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. looks like it. But yeah, um, she's great in the movie. I haven't complained. I uh, again, I don't even like her ego sometimes, but again, that's just me. <laughs> but you know what? It is what it is. I thought she did a good job playing the goddaughter of Indy, so very nice. 
Um, I like to go on to actually now. I don't know if you know Malik and the listeners. Just to repeat this real quick, I don't know if I stated this in my past episodes. I love watching villains. Villains are fun, and I don't mind playing them a single day of a, on set. So we, I have to bring out Mads Mikkelsen. For those that don't know him well, he's from the Fantastic oh. Beast movies, which I don't care about them. But yeah, there's cool. one video game he appeared in. And to ask you this, Malik, do you know the video game called Death Stranding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in there. So he was, was, I was like, you're going to tell me to guess. And I was like, yeah, Death Stranding. Yeah. All I got to say is he was dark in that game. I liked his character in there. And I didn't give a shit for a second. But when he appears in Indiana Jones, I'm like, oh, Matt Mickelson plays the villain. And he also played the villain in Death Stranding. To, credi- to give a credibility on that, he was great in that game. I recommend that game to the listeners, non-gamers maybe. But overall, he put out very good, steep uh, tone of him in the game. He was very, very phenomenal. So I liked his character. He plays as Jurgen Jurgen Voller. And he wants... The whole story of this movie, he's trying to like change the altar with this algorithm device or something, which supposed to dial back to what it's supposed to change in the past he wants to change something something with world war ii which is what his character yeah. is really about which i yeah, thought it was a cool yeah people. i like the concept of that i like the purpose of that you know some things you want yeah. to go back and change but it's just yeah, never I, I literally forgot matt smokestone was even in the movie because i remember we were sitting there and all my buddy was next to me i see him the first thing i see him and i'm like Oh my god, Matt Milksons is me. I freaking forgot he was in this. He's not a <laughs> he's he's truly not a butts in the seat star. Let's accommodate that. But I think <laughs> an additional value add, he may not be the most infamous, but I hope he gets uh, a little more I, I just, Go ahead. I, I just think he's like a really like he's meant to be a villain. Like I cannot see him not being a villain just because he plays that role really, really well. I was going to say, I hope he gets more villain roles, because I think this is like his good thing on his resume. Him playing more of the villains would be a nice on his resume. So, Matt Mickelson stole very good as a villain. I like it. Um, Is there any other cast members or characters you want to touch base on? Like, which would you prefer? Because, I mean, I got everything well, to say. Well, I know. Um, what is it? Freaking, the guy who was on that boat. Oh, Anthony Bardet. Yeah, yeah, Anto- Antonio oh, yeah. Bardet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah well, why was he, I was really confused. That threw me off a little bit. I'm like, why is he? In the, it was just a random like. It was almost like a glorified cameo almost. It's so weird. I didn't know it was him until I read his credit name. I'm like, oh, I forgot he's in the movie. I'm like, if only he was in majority of the movie with Indy, but that only, yeah, he, he only appeared in the second half of the movie, which is funny. Yeah, I liked I liked his character too. Like. I did like him, but I was like, it was so weird. I was like, why isn't he more in the movie? Because he's he's a good actor, so it's it's weird. Don't forget, he played up, uh, you know, Puss in Boots. Yeah, yeah. and you know, we all will we'll all will remember who what this guy plays as. It's the infamous Puss in Boots, and no doubt about it. But yeah, great point on Antonio Banderas. Um, I like the guy who was in like at least in the beginning of like twenty minutes. Uh. I thought he would be in some of the part of the movie, like least majority with Indy, but uh, Toby Jones, I think that's his name. Yeah. Uh, he plays as Basil, who's the father of Elena yeah. Shaw. But unfortunately, that didn't seem to be the case. But I thought he was funny in that movie, <laughs> at least. Yeah, at least in the trailer, I thought he was funny in that in certain scene like that. But nah, I guess they didn't include much of the movie. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Is there any other people you want to touch base on? Also, there's that kid who plays actor who plays teddy i don't know his name but i thought he was good in that movie as well i think it's i think i'm i think it is ethan isidore i'm not sure it's just on um wikipedia he's not listed like you can't click on his name so i'm assuming this might be his first movie maybe he doesn't have a lot to his name but that's the only name here that i see so that's probably him yeah totally but yeah he, he did a really good job for me not seeing him or anything like I mean, he's no short round, but... He is. <laughs> yeah, short round. I liked him in Temple of Doom, except that was actually Kiwan Quay. To remind everyone, best supporting actor, he won Oscars for everything, everywhere, all at once. So, 
Like, if he would have won, like, that award, like, a little bit before they filmed Battle of Destiny, they would have put him in this movie. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, man. That they would not have totally. Oh, my God. I mean, he'd kill it for sure. Yeah. But that was him younger in Temple of Doom to remind everyone who are not, who have no idea who this guy is or to remind everyone who who loves this guy but appeared in Temple of Doom. He was very young, surprisingly. And if that was, if that was him... In this movie, as a young, oh my god, that'd be totally different, no doubt about it. <laughs> and I mean, I would have would have loved this character for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so I want to go over to one of the directors that directed this movie, and I had so much faith when this guy is on board to directing the Dial of Destiny. So to remind people, the last four Indiana Jones were directed by Steven Spielberg. But this time around, he stepped off directing. He wants to give someone a chance to take on this franchise. And that man gets his name out from Logan, Ford v. Ferrari, and 310 to Yoma is none other than James Mangold. This guy killed it. I liked his direction. I thought he did a good job. And he also even wrote the movie. Which, I never had issues with the story. I thought the story was great, and his directing seemed to pay off on this franchise. He ended off so good on a high note with this franchise. It, it's beautifully well done, I gotta say. Yeah. What do you think of James Mangold in this movie? I mean, directing. What, well, when they um, when they announced like he was directing and I saw James, I was like, okay, cool, I'm not worried. Like, I was happy. I was like, cool. Like, Logan was fantastic. 4 v Ferrari was fantastic. Like, he just, he has such a good record, it's like, all right, cool. Like I, I'm, I'm not even, not even worried about it. And he proved me right because the directing in this movie is, is so good. Like even like the scene, it's in the trailer or whatever. When the, the parade scene, when Harris Ford's on the horse, whatever. Like that whole scene was so well like choreographed and just it was, it was good. It had a mixture of like funny moments and then you know the, the action and stuff was just really well done. I just liked the certain scene. It was like so funny. So in that certain scene, which is not a spoiler, but this is where he pulls out his whip in front of everybody in some kind of like yeah. place. And then everyone pulled out their guns towards it. That was the funniest scene. And yeah, good directing good. James Gunn showed. It was too good. And yes, people, so good. were people laughing in that scene at your end? I'm sure. Oh yeah, everyone was. It's just, it's just so funny because nowadays it's so they take things that so obvious like everyone has guns so he gets this whip out and like he thinks he's gonna do something <laughs> and then everyone <laughs> just pulls a gun out he's like oh shit yeah that this was funny. funny i liked the direction on that one right there it was perfect the way how it's written out and storied it was the way i was written out i'm sorry it was perfect it was too good i think yeah, that's like good. one of my favorite scenes of this movie and possibly out of the franchise but just to give a heads up, James Mangold is working on a biopic film of Bob Dylan starring Timothy Chalamet. I'm definitely looking into that. No doubt. I can't wait to see it. It's being worked I didn't on. Even know he, I, I didn't even know he was doing that. So it's James oh, yeah. Mangold. So I'll be, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there <laughs> all the way for this guy. He's like the yeah. next best thing of movie filmmaking is James Mangold. Who could have done it better? But uh, I want to go on to... Obviously, the greatest part, you've got James Williams, John Williams, sorry, uh, composing this movie once again, and he's still got the rhythm to Indiana Jones. Anything you have to comment on John Williams for his composing? Oh, yeah, he just, everything this man touches just is great. It's going to, seriously, he's, he's 91 years old, and it's really, like, sad. I'm just glad that he's still doing it. Like, he's still doing it. Just give us as much as you can before, you know. You know, when he passed away, it's going to be a sad time because no one makes oh, yeah. like no one composes music like he does. It's just it's just amazing. Like his whole like so many freaking things, Jaws, E.T., like so much movies that we've watched. He's done. And I don't think people realize that a lot of the music that you watch as a kid. John Williams probably did that score. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he collabed with Steven Spielberg. A lot of his movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure he did. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. So I'm surprised he's on board with Mangles like because he loves Indiana Superman. Jones, too. Or even in Superman, he did the first two Superman movies. Oh, really? He did? <laughs> yeah, he did them. Well, just like, to remind he... everyone, John Williams is one iconic composer. So if he passes away someday, may we all never forget his part 
So the iconic stuff he's got it with this movie. I'm glad it didn't change one bit. As long as you stay with what the iconic sound is going to be, it's just perfect. I'm I glad. think the only the only thing I did not like is I feel like the the main theme for Indiana Jones. There's not one time in the movie where they use it appropriately. If that makes sense, I feel like the other movies did it better when the music would come on. It made sense for the story, but in this movie, it felt like it was just you hear that, you you recognize that music. You know what I mean? It's like trying to rem- make us remember the music, and they never they never play like the full thing, or like they play like a little bit, and then it turns into a different score. It's really weird because I would tell my friend, I'll be like, "Yo, this isn't oh, this isn't a feel right. They're using this already. Like in the first scene, they're already using the main theme. Like it's weird." Really weird. These tones are always going with the iconic indie theme. That's just how I want it. And I like the fact he still used that tone. I mean, not tone. That music part into these, like, scenes. It's just, it makes it memorable, nostalgic, and iconic. Oh, yeah. That's I just sure. enjoy that. I wanted those to happen. So, John Williams did his part very well. Um, is there anything else we should discuss before we go to the spoilers discussion? Which again, if anyone's not if anyone has listened to my past or episodes or are new listeners to the show, I now do spoilers discussions, so just want to give you guys a heads up. Is there anything else we should discuss on the non spoilers discussion before we head to that? I let me see. Yeah, that oh my so I'm I'm just on the Wikipedia and I saw Kathleen Kennedy's name and just me. Mad, <laughs> but now we go to spoilers. <laughs> yeah, so everyone, if you all haven't seen the movie, step away from this episode. You cannot sue me if you dare listen to spoilers, even if you haven't seen the movie, or if you don't, just don't care. Okay, yeah. that's on you. So please don't sue the show by chance. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen it and want to listen back to this episode, you can. Once you watch the episode, we're just giving straight our thoughts to the ending and conclusion. So uh, let's go ahead and go on to what the ending was about. So obviously the third climax was fun. It's is where uh, Jurgen Voller has pieced up the... What's that called again? I mean, it looks like a clock. It's supposed to time travel or something. It's, it's, a, it's a dial of destiny. Uh, they pretty much call it a dial, but yeah, the, the dial. they call it a dial of destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just call it the dial. So he was, so Jurgen Vaughn was able to piece the dial, and then he was trying to go back to World War II, and then all of a sudden it looked like he didn't know how to set coordinates right, and they were able to transport back to way longer before World War II, and then. It looked like it was something else. I thought this is what... It was, it was like Rome. Yeah. It was a Romian war, you'll say. Yeah, yeah, so that's what that what happened. He did not want that to happen. So, and then, you know, all this action shit happens, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's nothing much discussed. That scene was pretty good overall. I like the cinematography yeah, I, of that uh, action, I really like you know? when, they're, when they're on the plane, and they're like, and, and the engine's trying to warn them, like saying, hey, like, you know, you don't know what you're doing and stuff exactly. and it's like too late like there's a lot of tension where i was like i don't know what was gonna happen i wasn't sure if the whole plane was gonna blow up what's gonna be through that portal you, you don't yeah yeah i yeah. never knew they the portal looked cool i don't think the cgis weren't much in this movie especially that even in the beginning i forgot the opening 20 minutes uh was a d they did a de-aged indie in that i mean how do you feel on that first 20 minutes of that scene like that at first, scene. I was like, at first, I was like, oh, it doesn't look bad, and because I thought it was going to be a quick scene, and it kept going. I'm like, okay, now it's starting to look uncanny, like that uncanny valley type. Like yeah, sometimes, yeah. like quick, quick motions, it would feel a little off on them. But other than that, they did a good job. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like where it took me out of the movie. I was like, like you know, I don't like it. it's like it's the opening. You know, it's it's fine. They didn't do the whole. It movie, makes so. sense because every the openings of Indiana Jones, they always yeah. have a past, and then it goes to the present. You know, mm. so I thought they did a good job bringing that again. Yeah. Uh, back to what I was saying to the to the climax. Um, so then, uh, the plane crash. Uh, Harrison, uh, Helena, Helena were able to jump off. Also, Teddy was in another plane rescuing them, so he was able to fall in pursuit. And then the plane crashed. Jurgen and his men died. 
But then there's a group of other Romian people who are able to see something, the dial, and it knows that other people aren't a threat. So they try to give that piece back to them. But then it was almost sad that Harrison wanted to, I mean, uh, Indy wanted to stay to sacrifice. I don't know what the idea was. At first, well, at first I was, I was like, kind of, I was like, really doing that? But then I kind of liked it. Like, I kind of like thought about it while I was watching it. I was like, I kind of accepted it by that point. And then he got knocked out and I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, that was... <laughs> I guess it makes it. sense if he was, if he, uh, you know, you can't change what's in the past of that in the real world. So Helena, Helena didn't want to him to change that course to stay. So he had to knock win them out of there and just took his ass out of the port. Like, I just thought world. it was like really cool if like Indiana Jones would have died like watching history. It made him so much sense for his character because you know he loves history so much to actually like see the history unfold. Like it made sense to me that Indiana Jones would just kind of accept that and just be able to like for his final moments just watch it because it's so amazing to him. Yeah, you know, it, was, like, it makes sad. sense. He still got the ego, so it makes sense why he wanted yeah. to stay. But so, uh, like I said, Helena Shaw was able to knock him out. They took him home, and then it sets back to his home where he's able to be awake. So going to the end of that, there is a part I want to discuss here. You don't for the films that you need to watch if people has not listened to. I mean, not watch the Indiana Jones movie movies. You don't need to watch all of them. I only watch all of them because of the quality. So, what you only have to watch pretty much is the first one. Raiders of the Lost Ark is not only the superior film of the franchise, but it has now also the films don't have huge callbacks to the fifth one so there's no callbacks nothing but the first one has a certain character which i'm shocked that she came back and yeah she was briefly mentioned in the beginning mm. but helena shaw was able to get her to come and surprise indy and that scene touched my heart That. Do they still have beef with each other? They, so apparently they got a separation after they got married. I mean, this yeah, is like the a, reason why, when the like the whole reveal of like why they kind of like you know when Elena asked Andy like what would you want to change if you could you know and that with the dial and he says you know about you know I would you know my son I would tell him not to join the army or whatever and she's like you know why and he's like because he would die and then you know it affect like that got me I was like man you're making me care about Shia LaBeouf. From King of the Crystal Skull. I, I thought his I didn't like him in that movie, by the way. That's why. I oh, I didn't like him either. I but think it's, like... his character and his uh, his character and personality, which it's it just sucks. But I was like, you're really making me care that this guy died because it affected you so severely. You know what I mean? And like, you made him and Marion, you know, separate. Yeah. Oh, and just to clarify, even find out he did died before prior to the movie so mm. not sure what setting was that but he did die it, it was, unfortunately it was the it was the war he went he went to war he joined yeah <clears throat> yeah so back to the the iconic part of these characters so as helena and all oh, sala's back sala is back but not in majority yeah. of the movie he was able to bring yeah, his nah. kids over so they all went I, out I, to like go get ice cream and then, I thought he was gonna join them at first. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. They were able to. Here's the thing that touched me very well. It's that iconic scene where, uh, in the first one, Indy was injured, and then Marion. Marion's the name, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, I think I said mentioned mentioned Marion. So Marion. So. Yeah, he was injured, and she asked him. What part does it hurt you? And, you know, he told her to kiss him on whatever part hurts. Here, here, here. And, you know, if you're on YouTube, you can see my motion. But, uh, you know, obviously, he obviously touched a lip. So. And then it goes to the opposite that Marion told her what hurts. And he did the same thing what Marion did in the first movie. That was like very touching. 
I just I like to wow. I like to when um she tells like Envy, you know, like oh like you know, she told me you're back. Like like that should it just made me like almost got I got teary eyed because you know he was such a beat up like you know he didn't really care about what he was doing like he still loved history but you know he didn't really have the same joy until he went on that adventure with Helena and then he's like you know you're you're back you know yeah so I wanted to mention I just wanted to say they did a good job recapturing that moment but opposite of that I thought it was touching that really yeah. touched my heart that so. And, uh, yeah, the movie ends with the closing circle part where they do these in cartoons. Yeah. His hat, and then he took the hat and just, wow, people were, like, laughing a bit into themselves. It was funny. And, yeah, yeah I, that movie, I'll oh, go ahead. I, I don't know. I, is it selfish of me that I want another one? Like, it just, it sucks. Honestly, like, I don't think we want it. another one, just in case. I mean, <laughs> come on. I think that's been enough. Get, get, get Steven Spielberg back in the chair. You can oh, probably make and make a, a, and make a, a Le- Helena Shaw spinoff. I mean, or something of, like that. Yeah, like it just know, it just sucks because we had Kingdom of Crystal Skull and then that. If that was actually a good movie, I feel like we would. This wouldn't be the last in the year in Jersey. If that because Kingdom of Crystal Skull was actually good, decent, and well received, then I feel like we would have got more. But the fact is that, you know, they're like, let it die for a little bit because everyone hated it and then brought it back. I guess just, you know, it's fine. It's a good, it's a good send off. I shouldn't get to yeah. it. And then they'll make the last one. And it'll be bad. Then it'll be my fault. <laughs> that I asked. <laughs> yeah. So overall to the ending that, that sets down, that sets completely that, and they send off the franchise into the sunset. Very beautifully well done. And I was sitting for like the beginning of the credits. And oh, like, dude, I... listen to the song they played. Oh my god, the same iconic Indiana Jones song they play in the credits is just wonderful. Yeah, yeah I just realized that um, that parade in um, in New York, whatever in the street, that was when the for the Apollo Eleven astronauts. That was like a big event. I didn't <laughs> realize. That. I thought it was just a random parade. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, so um, is there any part of the endings and all do you want to like touch base before we get to our rankings for the series? Oh, oh, sorry, I lost you for a minute. But oh, um, I think the uh, what was I want? I want to say something. Oh yeah, people who couldn't believe, like they couldn't believe this movie. The ending was too far fetched for them. But they could believe in Canada because of Skull of Aliens. And like, oh, it just doesn't, like, it doesn't add up. It's like, come on, guys. Like, it's that an ET reference. Could... That was stupid. I, that's what I want to mention. Yeah, could, that was stupid. It was like, yeah, like wow. Like, I would rather have this. This is more, was more believable to me than Aliens and this whole, like, art of, like, the Crystal Skull and all that. That just didn't make sense to me for Indiana Jones. Like, this made more sense. Like, it was like, it wasn't too crazy. Like they kind of explain like fissures in the sky. Like it makes sense. Like we have them in real life. That's a real scientific thing, or whatever. So it wasn't like far fetched to me. Like I could believe it. Oh yeah, and we're obviously we're talking about Crystal Skull to listeners about the alien part. I'm sure people that saw the fourth one did know that there is an ET alien reference towards the climax. Again, that's just stupid. Why the hell would you do that? <laughs> uh, whatever. But all right. Uh. Let's go down to the official rankings of our series of thoughts. So um, you are the guest, Malik. So you go in and go first. What is your top rankings from one to five of the? Uh, I want to. I'm gonna start from the bottom because I. Go ahead. <laughs> you're gonna be really. You're gonna be really shocked what my number one is. So for number five, I'm gonna have to do you know Crystal Skull, awful, and then for number four. I would have to. This is me doing off the top of my head right now. So number four would have to be. Oh man, I don't know. I probably. Man, I'm gonna get flat for this. I don't hate these. I'm telling you right now, Crystal, Crystal Skull is the only one I hate. All right, but number four is probably the Last Crusade. I'm probably gonna get crucified for that. But then the third would be Battle of Destiny. Number two is gonna be Raiders, and the number one is Temple of Doom. Good, good ranks, good ranks. Uh, for me, uh, let's go ahead. I'm gonna do top, top. Uh, you know how the Bo Boys would start top to number one to five, top five. 
like they start from one to five so i'm gonna just follow in suit of that so my number one raiders of the lost ark slam doink it's my favorite number two is going to be the last crusade number three dial of destiny number four temple of doom and number five crystal skull dude people what i just realized that not a lot of people like temple of doom that like blew my mind only because it's a prequel to the first i'm like okay really I, i would here's my reason this is why i love temple of doom all right it's because i'm not sure if a lot of people notice but Temple of Doom was was such a badass movie. It made PG thirteen. Oh yeah. There was no P, there was no PG thirteen rating when that movie came out. It was PG until the MPA saw it and were like, "No, we have to create something else because this is way too graphic." So then it made PG thirteen. Like it's a big part of movie history, which is why I love the second movie, which is why I do watch it first because there's a prequel. Yeah. You know what I mean? But no, totally. no I I love that movie. I would defend yeah, it. Yeah. So if Dial Destiny wasn't great to me, I would have really put it next to Crystal Skull. But luckily, it had to be in my top three favorite indie movies. So, so you're going. So you're going Crystal Skull number five, uh, Last Crusade for number four. Number three is Dial Destiny for you. Number two for you is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And number one for you yeah. is Temple of Doom. And to repeat yep. that for myself, number one is Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple, no, excuse me, Last Crusade, number three, Dial Destiny, number four, Temple Doom, and five, Crystal Skull. But yeah, uh, great series ranks. I like your choices, my man. And I hope you like mine, too, which funny. Yeah, that someone on my uh, Twitter just commented that my ranking is 100% accurate. I'm assured that he also had the same ranking to his opinion, too. So. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely like the only bad one is Kingdom of the Skull. Like everyone else, like Last Crusade, I like like if you ask me, like my rankings kind of do change. If you ask me like tomorrow, they might change. Or like the next time I watch Last Crusade, I'm gonna be like, man, I really love that. That's going up. And then the next day it might be different. You know what I mean? Like those movies are are all good except for Crystal Skull. Oh yeah. For me. Totally, totally. All right, so um Let's go ahead before we get off this air. Um, I love box office as much as you do. So if you don't mind, let's get down. Let's dig into the opening weekend results for Dial Destiny. And this is very stingly bad. So yeah. let's go ahead and begin. So obviously, well, I'm not going to go to the ranks of the opening weekend, but we're going to just talk about the only film, Dial Destiny. So it is number one at this weekend's box office. It made projectedly it was supposed to make 60 to 70 million opening weekend and then it came out at at the recording moment estimates could actuals can come out tomorrow it opened low ended at 60 million dollars opening weekend yeah so it's concerning only because it costs a lot of money to it make cost, you, yeah 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 thank you it costs a lot of money to make it's nearly like three hundred. It's one of the expensive movies, but less yeah. less expensive than Fast X, dude, but it's still expensive. It's less ex- dude, it's freaking. It's more expensive than Dune Part Two. If you just saw that trailer, how the hell is this movie more? Expensive exactly. Than- <laughs> I heard it was gonna cost less than the first, but man, they they just okay. So here's the thing: why uh, it Dial Destiny was expensive. I guess it's because they shot this during COVID. So COVID and promos aging too. Probably was a lot. Yeah, of yeah, the aging. So that's why that if it was nearly if it wasn't for those it'd be two hundred I think it'd be fair two hundred to like I'd think one seventy to two hundred it'd be the budget I think it would be like I guess nowadays but you know these movies Hollywood movies nowadays have to co- tone down these budgets it's like crazy I get yeah. it's because it was made during COVID and all that but they just gotta uh, like avoid these budgets being so like- high because Disney is like. Yeah, so far, like Disney's gonna have these loses this year. I mean, Elemental well, made. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Ah. No, you're you're good. Go ahead. Elemental may have great legs so far, but it's not gonna probably make up the whole budget back. Not whole budget, but the point break break even. It'll still lose a lot of money, I guess. But it's it's starting to pick up a little legs. It's now. picking up very good. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though I, I skipped that movie out because it wasn't my eye, but it's very good. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it's a lot of word of mouth. Like that movie yeah, showed yeah. you like a lot of word of mouth. So a lot of people are going to see that movie. But the thing is too, is that um, like it makes it, if you're making a movie that's that expensive and it's going to, you're literally, literally making a bomb because now, even if they wanted to make another Indian Jones movie, that's not happening. <laughs> I'm sorry if they're might, like it's, if, if flaunt, it's sad, but it's it right now. Like this... unless it all a miracle happens. <laughs> here's the thing so according to eric weber i want to give him a shout out real quick so he was able to dive deep into this box office for dial of destiny and he's sort of calling it the dial of disaster or something like that i'm hoping that's the case i'm even yeah, going to make fun. the audiogram to even tag him on twitter as he's listening mm -hmm. this, if he can but yeah so i may have to agree this and before the movie came out, it came very bad projected. It was supposed to. So my prediction before this month of June, I had Jeff Bach on my show weeks ago. I mean, a month ago, we predict this around a hundred. I was predicting at least hundred twenty, and he was going hundred. But so by the time those projections came out, they are been terrible. Now here's the factors why. Besides the budget, now here's the thing. Indiana Jones movies tend to play big for adults because yep. the adult era that, up with yeah so he's that example of why he's on my episode he is that uh, that age so he'd be excited to see this but for me i thought this looks pretty cool so i was excited seeing this and this was actually my top 10 most anticipated of the year so i thought the first trailer was fantastic was promising so the idea of this weekend, it was not a lot of under 25s would see it. So just to give my boots off the ground report to the B.O. boys, I'm obviously going to also make this audiogram. I went to see this movie today as a recording. Um, lots of men were there and women included, like way older than me. It's just like a lot of that age of era would come out to see us. But for the young people, that doesn't appeal to that. So well, it's, it, it, it's crazy because when my uh, buddy saw the trailer for this movie for the first time in theaters, he he got teary eyed just by seeing Indiana like Harrison Ford again, like as Indiana. It again. was just iconic. Like, that's, that's, touches. Point, that's why I was yeah. into this movie for sure. But the pe other people, the young, the other yes, young yeah, audiences yeah. under twenty fives, they just, it doesn't appeal to that. Yeah, I mean no, we can't blame yeah. them, but. It, yeah, because like you're case. telling them to watch four movies, and if you say, "Oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out," you know this, you know '80s, whatever, they're gonna be like, "What? I'm not watching that. That's old." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, luckily, there may be some young under 25s would see it, but it's not majority of it. So, the yeah. whole demo is that over 40s and all have came out to see this. It's not for what I read, but it looks like that's what the demo is going to be. So, um, on top of that, there's one major factor. Why it has sunk badly at the box office. Disney last month rolled a dice to playing this at the Cannes Film Festival. And worst it decision was ever. the worst decision ever. Even critics don't matter. Critics don't <laughs> matter in a sense. But I don't know why this is the case. But that's one of the factors why it didn't appeal the word of critics to the young yeah, was... audiences. It looks like so angry. It made me upset yeah, too. It made me upset. Like if, critics if don't matter. Happen, if that did not happen, it it probably wouldn't have fallen so bad. Like people were excited for it. I know people were. And then as soon as the freaking loop more, everyone was like, "Oh man, this movie is not good." Like, exactly. And as a young adult, I thought this was enjoyable. So if the young audiences are listening to this episode, it's not stupid. It don't pay attention to the damn critics. Yeah, Listen to me. I'll tell you. You're smoking we're, too much. We're, I'm straight honest. This is a good movie. It's not perfect, but it's good. A perfect Better. ending to Harrison Ford's career. If you love this guy, if you're growing up to watching these movies as you get older, this is a way to end off by watching and supporting this movie. Because, heck, it's Harrison Ford. And it's better than Kino the Crystal Skull. Like, Thank you. That's all Thank you need you, to know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Oh, so that that's one of the factors why Disney completely now they had confidence, I guess, but 
in this case, the picky critics happened to shed this movie pretty bad, so that didn't appeal well. I think that's the last time Disney's going to be doing that. And I they did the like. same thing with Elemental, but then yeah. the audiences matter, it had an A. Yeah. And then, just to report yeah. the cinema score for this movie, it's got a B+, The Dial Destiny, which is not good. It's a Hollywood blockbuster, so even with superheroes, Bs, pluses, and under are pretty bad. I was expecting yeah. to get at least an A-, because the audiences are better. But it may be above the it may be above Crystal Skull's B, but it, a B plus is still mediocre. But What's the Rotten Tomatoes score right now? Oh, the Rotten eight. Tomatoes score for audiences of sixty eight or eighty eight. Sorry, audience eighty eight. I was gonna say no way sixty eight. But yeah. So that's, yeah, good. Like, that's good. Audiences love it. So that's all I care about. I don't care about the tomato meter. Like it's re- yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing. So eighty eight percent is what the audience has loved. So pay attention to that, I guess. So either anyway, I can't say anything about this box office. We'll see if it's got the legs this coming weekend. So it's, there's no competition. Oh, and it, jo- yeah, and it's got PLS for another weekend. Until Mission Impossible comes out, so oh, Mission Impossible that movie, man, I can't. Oh wait. man, I can't wait. But uh, back man, to I us. Got my ticket for <laughs> oh, back to what I was saying about this. So we'll see what comes down to this weekend. If I had to predict the second weekend drop, I'm gonna be optimistically. Actually, I'm gonna be not optimistic because I would foresee and foretell this movie's play for the adults. It's not. Great for repeatable viewings, unfortunately. In this case, yeah. I'm not going to go back seeing it again. I don't know about no. you. No. So, no, no. it's going to, I think it's going to drop around 60s, which is concerning. The 60s and 70s are not good. If it drops under 50s, that's good. But the 60s, I believe it's going to drop around 60s. What is your prediction? How much will drop second weekend? I'm trying to think. I'm hoping, this is me being optimistic. I'm hoping that word of mouth can get people. To like go into the theater and see it, so I'm gonna say, probably it's probably gonna maybe drop like fifty percent, like fifty five, maybe fifty percent drop. I don't think it's gonna be too. Dra- I'm hoping it's not gonna be too drastic because I want it to succeed. But you know, I just like to be optimistic and hope for the best for Indiana. <laughs> yeah, me too. And this will be <laughs> one of the flops of Disney for sure. So yeah, unfortunate. Uh, okay, so I. I think that's everything I covered. Oh, yeah. Um, we will see what's coming down to the box office. And, you know, um, I won't be covering a lot of that. But to give them a shout out, follow Eric Weber from Midnight Movie Talk on YouTube and follow the B.O. Boys podcast. They will cover this stuff, I'm sure. So give these guys a follow if you're a box office lover or want to know what goes down with this movie's business. So I can't speak anything, but that's all I got, really. All right, so with that, everything completed. Is there anything else you want to touch base before we get off? Nope, I'm, it's all set. I think we pretty much said everything. Dial Destiny can. is now playing. Go see it if you haven't, if you're our Harrison Ford lover or you thought this is pretty cool. And to give you guys the idea, it's a good movie. It's better than Crystal Skull. So, I, and again, you don't have to watch every Indiana Jones completely. At least watch the first one. It's going to give you a callback, and that's it. So, unless you want to see the experience of the dip down in quality when it gets a kilo of Christmas sauce. Totally, totally. So, I'm just advising that. It could be me, but I just think about it for that since we did our spoilers discussion. Just check out the first Raiders of the Lost Ark if you are going to this movie, I guess. So, all right. So, uh, Malik, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate Oh, and no uh, happy early birthday. I know your birthday's coming up. So, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. 25. Yeah. Um is there oh yeah, so you're not a podcaster at the moment, so where could at least uh follow you at least if people want to get your taste of movie you know, movies. On Twitter at News for a Pod, you know, I always if I go see a movie, I'm always saying what movies I'm seeing and usually I give my out of theater reactions. I think I do want to start when I at, as soon as the movie's over, like in my car or outside the movie, start doing them like live, like right then and there. Because sometimes I feel like I just don't want social media to judge opinions because sometimes that can happen. You know, I think we all fall from that when we go on Twitter and we see something and you don't think 
that opinion goes in your head, but it kind of does affect it. So I'm going to start doing that more. That's a great plan. So I'll tune in to that. So everyone follow him at Movies for Real Pod on Twitter. I'll leave that in the show notes. And uh, everyone, uh, as usual, if you enjoy the show, follow, subscribe to whatever you're listening on. I'm on YouTube. So smash that like button, subscribe, leave a comment, and hit the bell for when my episodes drop. So we'll give you guys the alerts. So follow me at social media on at ISUS4MPOD on Twitter, uh, TikTok, I screen, you screen for movies. They'll both be in the show notes as well for you guys to follow and give the names. Um, email me at dscomalaji.gmail.com. My email's open if you want to share me your thoughts on this movie, your rankings on Indiana Jones and the box office and, you know, anything you want to share. Send away at dscomalaji at gmail.com. Mission Impossible is my next episode, but even before that review comes out, I will be doing a... At the moment, it's uncertain. If it doesn't a pop on the episode, means it's canceled, but I might do a special cover episode this coming week, and I might have a guest if he's available. So... Take it for granted as a salt. It may or may not happen, but we will see. Otherwise, I'm looking forward to do this episode for, you know, box office and everything. Which, yeah, I'm going to do box office for the month of July. That's the idea. So, again, if it doesn't pop on the feed for those who followed me, it means it's canceled. So, all you can expect is me dropping the Mission Impossible review, which I'm excited. I'm very excited. So there's a lot of movies coming out in July. So oh, totally. So, and it's got to be a big topic episode as well for what I'm going to do. So if anyone's looking forward to that episode, if it happens, all you have to do is follow, subscribe to the podcast, even follow me on YouTube. If you're watching this through YouTube and if you're a podcast listener and you want to see my face, the YouTube channel is in the description link as well. So anyways, that will be due for now. I don't think there's anything left to say except until next time. I'll be screaming you all at ice screen, you scream for movies. Nailed it.